This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. This is my house. This is my house. I'm taking over, okay? Stephen A. and the crew. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Touchdown! It's a Sammy Watkins Palooza! Touchdown! Kansas City! According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpups. Touchdown Bullpups! No flags on the play! It is 99 yards right up the seam! The big play threat from a season ago does it again! Everything happening in the sports world. Personal file. 69. Offense. He's giving them the business. And even some things not happening in the sports world. I tell you, I thought this morning I wasn't going to make it to this <laughs> afternoon. I, I haven't had many mornings like that in a long time. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson after a big, big weekend of sports, Mr. Steve Sell. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Steve, I received a call from a listener to our show earlier this morning, and he demanded that I make you eat crow today about your comments of your... Your favorite football team, your favorite college football team. Well, I was hoping we would start today about the Kansas Jayhawks. The Kansas Jayhawks. Not well. We're going to dive into all sorts of stuff today, Steve. KU and K State with big wins. The Chiefs with a monster win over the Raiders, and how the NFL is is playing out now. The Bullpups with a big win on Friday night. But let's start off with the wildest win of the week, and that was KU. Going to Boston, they're going to Beantown on a Friday night after losing to Coastal Carolina as 21-point underdogs and not just beating Boston College, not just killing them, but obliterating Boston College and essentially wiping them off of the face of the earth. Boston College, by losing to KU... Snap the Jayhawks' 10-plus year losing streak against FBS Power 5 teams on the road. They won a road game against an ACC school and killed them and won 20 to nothing in the second half. And if you bet on K, if you took the points, what was it, 21? Oh, you had an easy t- day if there. If you took KU in the points, you won a lot of money on Friday. They were plus 850 on the money line to win, <sighs> wow. which is like... Eight and a half to one. Right. You lay down ten bucks, you win eight eighty-five dollars back. You put a hundred down on them, you could have won eight thousand. That sounds like Is math right? wasn't quite right. Eight hundred. Yeah, there you go. There that you, that yeah. sounds a little bit better. Yeah. But Steve, you're Jayhawks. You gave them no credit. None. No credit at all. Zip. Not even one schmidge. A scintilla. Nothing. And Zip all on. of a sudden, they're up twenty-eight to twenty-four well, and a half. I'm getting these texts. You know, they're down what seventeen to six first quarter. I think seventeen it was. seven in the first 17-7 quarter. Seventeen seven first quarter, and I said, "Oh, same old Jayhawks." And then I get a text that says, "In less miles we trust." And I'm thinking, "Uh oh, something strange is going on here." Then I think it got up to what twenty-one seventeen. K, you got ahead like twenty-one seventeen. Well, they were up twenty-eight twenty-four at the half. Yeah, and I'm thinking, "Oh well." Pfft. 
I think I said to you, they'll choke. They'll get end up getting beat by 20. Next thing I know, they're up 24. They're going up for 580 yards, excuse me, of offense. I'm getting so excited. I'm <laughs> getting the hiccups. But anyway, uh, 580 yards. Puka didn't even have the biggest game. Khalil Hilbert or Khalil Herbert ran for almost 200 yards, and Puka did have over 100. So here, Steve, is where we can go with this. So last Monday, when we talked about the Jayhawks losing to Coastal Carolina, we said they don't have the players to win. It's the same guys from David Beatty. And in my head, I would probably say that the talent on this team is not as good as what David Beatty had last year. Is that really? a stretch? Uh, I would think they're not as good. Well, Think about all the great yeah, defensive they lost players Deneen. that KU they had lost last Deneen. year. They lost Daniel Wise. And then they keep the same guys on offense. Right. So they Minus Steven Sims. Right, but he wasn't really that good either. Yeah, but he's better than anybody they got. But let's put it, let's put it this way. KU is the same, if not maybe a little less talented than they were last year. Probably so. So, what do we learn today from KU's win on Friday night? When you have a coach that knows what he's doing, yeah. knows how to make adjustments, and knows how to win, it makes a really big difference. Well, when you have a coach that does not know how to make adjustments, does not know how to coach in games, and does not know how to win, you don't win. Well, he's got to be a pretty good coach to get the game out of Carter Stanley that he got. So That's right. Carter Stanley's been a walking turnover. I still and, don't know if Les Miles is the guy that takes KU to be a national champion oh, and takes no. them to New York New Year's Six Bowls. They just want to win four games. But what Les Miles gives you is somebody that knows what he's doing. Whether he recruits well this offseason or not, I know that uh, on, he's already signed on a paper. Top, he signed 26 guys already, and it's regarded as a top three class in the Big 12. On paper, it looks like they will be okay. Who knows whenever they get on campus and who shows up. But the thing that we learned is that Les Miles is a winner. He knows how to coach. David Beatty was a loser and does not know how to coach. <laughs> I mean, it's that's, very simple. That's pretty harsh, but that's... Well, yeah. I mean, not, not in terms of him as a person, but yeah. as a coach, yeah. he was a loser. Yeah, he was. They didn't win. Yeah. And he had, if not, maybe a little better talent. And I can guarantee you, if KU is up 28-24 at Boston College with David Beatty as the head coach... They lose 52 They do not win. Yeah, they lose 52-28. If they are up 48-24 at the half... I'm not sure they win. It's a difference in mentality. It is a difference in coaching. And I am one that thinks coaching is, is fairly important, but it does come down to who you have, what kind of guys you have, the Jimmies and Joes. It does come down to that. But when the coaching is so poor compared to coaching being, I don't know if I will say elite, but coaching toward the top from poor to somewhere in the top half of the coaching ranks, it changes things. It changes a program, and it changes instantly what people think about KU football and Lawrence. There were people after the Coastal Carolina game that went, same old KU. But then you go and win one road game against a mediocre team in the ACC, and all of a sudden, everybody's on the bandwagon. But they beat Virginia Tech. I mean, Virginia Tech. I'm not so sure that Virginia Tech's that great. Yeah, I'm not sure what they are. The ACC's pretty down. But just for KU to win on the road, I mean, I don't care if they're playing Little Sisters of the Poor. They've had three other coaches that came in, four if you include interims and all that. Yeah. 
And they couldn't do it. Yeah. Turner Gill. Hey. Charlie Weiss. Les Miles is 1-0 in his career on the road. Clint okay. Bowen. I don't think he won a road game. No. David Beatty. No. None of them could do it. No. And in one road game, Les Miles does it. And what that, does that tell you about where this well, KU program was? Organization. If this has been such a disorganized mess, you know, under Beatty, under Charlie Weiss, under Turner Gill. I mean, you had just the whole gamut of just ineptitude. But now Les Miles, you know, he's pretty, you know, he's calm. He's He's got good coaches. Mad Hatter. Yeah, he's got good coaches. Um, they're, again, you know, I've, I've, I have seen that some time, some kind of strange timeouts, but not like the David Beatty timeouts. No. But uh, he actually, his timeouts actually were profitable. But uh, we'll see this week now. West Virginia comes to town. West Virginia, who did not look good, its first two games been like KU all of a sudden just turns it around in week three. They beat North Carolina State. Another, aren't they ACC? They are. Another ACC. There's school. one really good team in the ACC, and That's that team Cle- resides in Clemson, South Carolina. Right, right. Other than that. Well, Florida State's not very good. No, they're terrible. You have yeah. Miami, who's not very good. North yeah. Carolina is not that great. Yeah. It's not a great conference. Right. But. A great win for KU, a monumental win for Kansas fans. Well, I've been waiting a long time. I totally apologize the Jayhawks for saying they'd lose by what was it? What did I say? Seventy or something like that. Well, here's your fork and knife. Have a little crow. Yeah. Oh well, it's not the first time. No, you've never been wrong. Oh no. The I'm other right. big win of the weekend, Steve. K State going to Starkville, Mississippi, and beating the Bulldogs. And frankly. It was 31-24. Should have been more. And frankly, they should have won by 20. Right. They completely outplayed Mississippi State at their place. And really, when you look at K-State's offensive numbers, they weren't that good. Yeah. They weren't at their best and still completely outplayed Mississippi State. And if you take away a couple of fumbled punts, K-State wins by 28. Yeah, they win that game handily. And again, we saw... The Chris Kleiman personality, it's just tough, gritty, pound-the-rock type of football. Just run it down your throat. They've got a, just a galaxy of running backs. They had one, two, three, four, five, six guys run the ball yeah. on Saturday. Skyler Thompson, I don't know what his numbers were. They didn't. He was 10 out of 18 for 123. Yeah, he was. So not a great game from him. Well, he doesn't have great receivers. They only him. rushed for 146 yards. On paper, they didn't play that well. Yeah. But still... When you watch that game, there was never a moment that you thought, "Oh yeah, the Bulldogs are are much better." And now, and now they get a week, I believe, off to prepare for their conference opener. I don't know who they play in their conference opener, but I believe they're off this week. They are off this week. They'll play at Oklahoma State in Stillwater. And see, next Oklahoma week. State did nothing to make me think they're a lock for the. Because let's face it, OU Texas are probably a lock for one two, but Oklahoma State, which is kind of regards the number three team, they did nothing to impress me against Tulsa. I mean, Tulsa was right there. You know, in fact, Tulsa had the lead at the half. Steve, going back to something that I was talking about on Friday or whatever day we talked about K-State, it might have been Wednesday or Thursday of last week, looking at this K-State team, going into the year, I had put a big L next to this Mississippi State game. Somebody picked them to win. Who was that? You picked them to win. I did pick them to but win. But what I said last week was, we're going to find out what this team will be like in the next five years under Chris Kleiman. And, and I, my expectations for them to get above eight wins, nine wins this year, 
it would be great if they did, but I don't know if they will. I think eight. Now I'm convinced that they will make a bowl game. We're at the beginning oh, of the year in the summer. I, think, I didn't I, think so. I think they reach eight wins. I mean, right now, to, to reach eight wins, all they got to do is go five and four the rest of the way. But to climb into that top three conversation of the Big 12, I don't know if that happens this year. But the thing that I was reassured by for K-State fans on Saturday is it's coming. Yeah. That this is a team and a program with the way that Coach Chris Kleiman is, with the guys that they have coming in, I think this is a team that in the next three to five years will be making a run at a Big 12 championship. I really think so. They will be top five, I think. I think they can get fifth or fourth because KU's not going to be there. I was – I don't – Iowa State is kind of on the fence for me. Ooh, tough ba- loss. Baylor, they can beat. Did Baylor. you see the end of the Iowa State game? Steve? I did. I bet Eli was not happy. Well, they were not happy. He was not happy because Iowa State against Iowa, it went into like ten delays. Iowa State was about to get the ball back with a chance to drive down the field and win, and one of their punt block punt coverage guys ran into the punt returner, and the ball hit him, and Iowa recovered. Not good. Not good. It was game day in Ames. But it was a great weekend of college football, Steve. Fun to watch KU win. Fun to watch K-State win. You know who else won? Arkansas. The Arkansas Razorbacks won, man. Your mighty Arkansas Razorbacks. They lost to Colorado State last year. You get to two wins, they've already matched their 2018 win total. I'm feeling good, Steve. There you go. I'm all in. Sign me up. National Champions 2020. There you go. All right, Steve. Let's take our first break. When we come back, let's talk about the Chiefs. Let's do. And their incredible second quarter against the Oakland Raiders yesterday to improve to 2-0 to begin the year. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE following a weekend full of wins, Steve. If only, if only the Mac College we're, Bulldogs would have found a way to winning. win, it would we're have been winning. perfect. I've heard someone say, we're winning so much, we're getting tired. We're going to get tired of winning. I will not get tired I of watching tired. the Chiefs win. I never get tired of winning. I can winning. tell you that. I never get tired of winning. Steve, I don't think you and I, either of us, had any sort of doubt at what the Chiefs were going to do at the Coliseum this weekend, did we? No. We were pretty confident to be about a 20-point win. I had double digits, yeah. Now, I will say... Whenever Oakland started off the game with a 10-0 lead, they're driving down the field, they're feeling good in the Coliseum, the black hole is screaming, they're throwing batteries on the field, throwing beers, they're they're feeling good. I'll be honest, that was the first time this year where I went, uh-oh. Well, what was the comment I made? I said, it doesn't look like they're ready to play. And maybe they weren't. And then they got a... It's hard to be ready to play when you're playing on a baseball field. Didn't they field. get an interception or something, or... Was there an interception that helped a little bit in there? No, it was just them taking control about the beginning well, of the second throw, quarter. and throwing it downfield. Well, yeah, that's your help. Just bombs away. We learned that all this Oakland hype from Hard Knocks, from John Gruden, Antonio Brown's departure, 
Derek Carr feeling good on Monday Night Football against the Broncos. All of that wasn't quite it. Maybe they can beat Denver, but you can't beat the Chiefs and their offense, even with the best offensive weapon in the wide receiver game, standing on the sidelines with a cast on. Yeah, or sling. So the Chiefs have maybe the most unbelievable second quarter of offense that I've ever seen, where they score four touchdowns, and Mahomes throws for 274 yards. Well, what's unreal is they basically played one quarter of offense and won by almost 20. Because they really didn't – they did nothing in the second half. They just went pretty conservative. And the thing is, they haven't even gone into their bag of tricks. No. They have been very vanilla so far. It's just, you know, we haven't seen all that motion, all the reverses. Of course, Ty, without Tyreek Hill, that kind of limits some of that because you put him in there – and there's so many more packages that you have when he's in there. And remember what we said last week, Steve. Chiefs defense, if they can come up with just three points every time the opponent goes down the field, then they are in a pretty good spot. Right. And they really rose to the occasion. Now, in the second half, you mentioned that the Chiefs went pretty conservative. I think if this would have been a closer game, I think if Oakland scores a touchdown somewhere in there, they would have started throwing again. But they only ran the ball about six times in the first half. Right. Then they get into the second half, and they're handing off on every play. And they didn't run the ball very well. That's one Well, they rushed 22 times for 31 yards. Yeah, that's an area that's got to get better. I'm, no Eric Fisher. Yeah. And Damian Williams, to me, has got to step up. What was his stat? Nine carries for eight yards and a long of five. Ooh, that's not good. But it was the defense, to me, that stepped up, well, Steve. Well, that's the thing. They give up 10 points, I think, on the first two possessions. And then pitch a shutout the rest of the way. You know, we, we malign their defense, but they give up a lot of yards, but they're not giving up a lot of points. Now let's remember who they were playing right. this weekend, too. Your your favorite quarterback. Derek Carr is just not good. Yeah. Everybody gets all excited about him, hard knocks. He's just not well, you good. You can't throw deep, for one thing. Everything's dink and dunk. You know, the Gruden, the Gruden offense is quick hitters, you know, mixed in with the running game. That's what his offense is. Steve, Monday with Mitch. Monday. We have some audio from the Chiefs Fox Football Radio Network. Okay. He didn't have a sausage in there because sausage hardly played. He made a nice tackle. On a special On team. special teams. Yeah. But I have four pieces of audio that are all from the second quarter. Let's start it off with the first Chiefs touchdown, Patrick Mahomes to Demarcus Robinson. Mahomes throwing left, wide open, Demarcus Robinson inside the five, touchdown, Kansas City, Demarcus Robinson runs free. Remember, he had the 89-yard touchdown a year ago against these guys. He gives adrenaline to the whole Chiefs kingdom with a 44-yard bomb from Mahomes. So after that touchdown pass, they get back to within 10-7, you knew it was over the next time that they would score. Oh, yeah. And we kept thinking, okay, who's going to be the deep threat? Is it going to be Sammy Watkins again today? What was his line? Sammy Watkins on the day finished with six catches for 49 yards. Seemed like he had more yards than that. He was targeted 13 times. Yeah. So then they let it happen for the the young rookie out of Georgia. Miko. Miko Hardman. They go over the top for six to take the lead and never look back. Lining up to the far side of the field. Ball will be on the right hash. Oakland sends four on the rush. They drop seven. Mahomes deep. He wants McCall Hardman in the end zone. 
Touchdown, Kansas City. There's your third and 20 play. A deep post to McCole Hardman for his first National Football League touchdown. Not bad. No. 14-10, and you pretty much knew at that moment. Oh, yeah. Oakland knew. The Coliseum knew. Derek Carr knew. It was John Gruden knew. John Madden probably knew. I'm sure John Madden even knew. Then the Chiefs put the nail in the coffin. Dagger. They put two nails, one just under the two-minute warning, finding what I thought was maybe the most impressive throw and catch, finding Travis Kelsey. 14-10 Chiefs, second and 17 Mahomes. Damian Williams, right halfback, pressure, floating a pass, Kelsey near side, over the shoulder, makes the catch in traffic, touchdown, Kansas City, Mahomes, his third touchdown pass in as many weeks and in as many drives. Did you notice the last two touchdowns, second and 20, second and 17? It doesn't matter for the Chiefs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. It really doesn't. And then the real, oh, it doesn't matter at all was the final score and this before was a the half. Great catch. And this was again Demarcus Robinson on a perfectly thrown ball by Patrick you, Mahomes. You think Demarcus Robinson was a fantasy football pickup by a lot of people today? I think Mitch Holtis will tell us about it here. Damian Williams to the left of Mahomes. Takes the snap right at his belt, turns the right hip. Now he's gonna gun it long. He wants Demarcus Robinson coming back to the ball. He's got it in the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Demarcus Robinson, it's his turn to have the game of his life. And the Chiefs have four consecutive touchdowns. And Mahomes is in a human acetylene torch. A what? Acetylene torch. Okay. So when you score, you get the ball back with. 47 seconds to go in the half, and first play go right to the end zone. All it takes, Steve, is for the Chiefs' defense to be a little bit good. Mediocre. Just just barely. Just mediocre. All it took was that stop right before the half. Yeah. Where that was the dagger. They're up 21-10. Oakland goes three and out with a minute left. Where for most teams, as long as you get a decent punt, they're probably only going to get a field goal. But when you're going up against Patrick Mahomes... And when you're going up against this offense, you just have to hold on. <laughs> I don't know and, what and, else you're and, supposed you know, to here, do. Here's something that was strange. I was when I was home at lunch, I was watching my usual show, Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. and Max, and they keep talking about yeah, the elite quarterbacks like Brady and Breeze and Rodgers. Where's Mahomes? He's the best of them all. And just because he hasn't done it for very long, all you have to do is the eyeball test. Right now, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback, and it's not even close. Look it's at, really not close. Look at fantasy football. Patrick Mahomes is putting up double of what a lot of quarterbacks are putting up. Do you remember at the beginning of this summer, Steve, when I told you when the Denver Broncos went out and got Joe Flacco Ooh, was he bad? that that was not going to work? He and that bad. I'm sitting here laughing and going, yeah, nice pickup. And I heard some Broncos fans say, what do you mean? He's, he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He's fine. I've watched two Broncos games in the last two weeks, where Joe Flacco was horrific. Terrible. Where he was just awful. Then you have the Raiders, who find a way to beat bad Joe Flacco and then can't do anything on their offensive end. You have the Los Angeles Chargers, who early on in the year with Phillip Rivers are almost always due to lay an egg somewhere. And boy, did they And they laid a big egg in Detroit. Detroit. I mean, Detroit, to me, I watched them in the preseason. I said, Matt Patricia will be the first coach fired this year. Because they were dreadful in the preseason. I mean, they were just awful. 
and the Chargers go in there. I, I watched some of the highlights. Phillip Rivers getting mad at his teammates, pointing fingers. He never does that. Oh, he's a whiner. Steve, do you have much of a doubt at what the AFC Championship game is probably going to look like New here in a few months? New England, Kansas City. Do you have any faith in any team from the AFC South? And, and I think this— Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger out for the year. Sunday will be an elimination game to me because Baltimore— We'll see how they do it. Baltimore and Kansas City. In Kansas City. Chiefs home opener. Baltimore's looked okay. Baltimore's 2-0. Has that great defense. But remember who they've played. They played, what, Pistols Dolphins. God, <laughs> is that a sad sack unit. Gee, many Christmas. Miami, I'm not sure they could beat Alabama. I'm not kidding. Or Clemson. And then the Ravens turned around to beat the next worst team in the league. The Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And now the Dolphins get Dallas this week. Gee, many Christmas. They got – and they had New England – uh, yesterday, so they started. They started uh, Baltimore, New England, Dallas. That's not an easy way to start the season. Feels pretty good to be a Chiefs fan. Oh today, yeah, Steve. yeah. Feels really good. As long as number fifteen stays upright, man. As long as he's playing, and do you think, sign me up? Do you think Mitch is having fun? I think he's having a lot he's of fun. He's having a lot of fun. All right, Steve. We'll take our final break. You're listening to According to Jim, ninety six point seven FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 12.30 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE after another long, long weekend and a, well, quick for us, Steve. We were very busy. We had the Bull Pups on Friday night, the Bulldogs on fr- on Saturday night. We had NFL all day on Sunday, other college games the rest of the day Saturday. And we didn't talk about the Bulldogs, but again, another impressive performance, just not a victory. But Coach Fiscus has that program headed in the right direction. We will be recording our coaches show tomorrow morning and then running that on Wednesday night, and we'll be excited to hear from him and, and what they have processed after a week of looking at things and the KCAC, Steve, is such an unpredictable league right now. There are really only, well, there's really only one team that I know is going to win every time they take the field on a Saturday, it's and that's Kansas Wesleyan. Right. But other than that, everything is in play. Yeah. And that's what makes that league I, a lot of fun. I think St. Mary is starting to look like the team that, you know, you have KW at the top, somebody's got to be at the bottom, and St. Mary's kind of looking like that team because they just have no offense whatsoever. Steve, we've got a lot going on the rest of the week, getting ready for week number three of the high school football season as the Bullpups will be taking on El Dorado. All sorts of stuff going on this week, and we're looking forward to another great week of shows. Yeah, and your vast research already on El Dorado. How many freshmen in the offensive line? Four. Can you imagine Cody Stuffelbean going up against some little ninth grader who's, you know, just is like terrified of him? Cody Stuffelbean's going to throw him into the next county. <laughs> Wrapping up today's According to Jim. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tomorrow. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, The Fieldhouse Grill and Taps, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, 
and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.